He always seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? It's not like I understand that you only look at things, not only, but you primarily look at things through a Lakers lens and you have fear about certain things. But like, this is what the league is. Like, of course, well, Max like, is going to play. If, if, this is why this is why Max is here. He's my, here to be a backup guard. This is why the Lakers chose him last year. So he could be a backup guard at some point. Yeah. All right. To which all of that, like, it's like Avery will always ask me when we go to the pool, why that kid isn't wearing her floaties. Why do I have to wear my floaties? Yeah, sure. Like if, if your like, friends jump off a bridge, right. You only care about, you only care about your kid. You only care about your team. I understand. Yeah. Well, I, in my so, analysis, like, the, like the Lakers don't, don't get, get to operate. The Lakers don't get to operate like with a different CBA than everybody else. They don't get to operate with, with different team building rules than everybody else. This is the way it works. Yeah. But like, I mean, for the sake of your and my conversations on the air, you and I aren't going to talk about, like a lot of the the other popular take that I was throwing out there a bunch is that I think the Celtics got worse this year. And I loved poking and prodding my friends who who cover or, or work for the Lake or the Celtics because you it's like friend. you have Celtics, you have Celtics friends. It, yeah, I mean, Thank you for having me like, on for the last time. <laughs> but like, you know, I have. I have, I have, uh, actually one of my best friends out here is a Celtics fan. I, you know, he just, people make bad decisions all the time and, mm-hmm. and you got to look past some of those bad decisions, um, but, I, but so, no, like, right, I, so Sedano, so you, you, you encourage Sedano to take a deeper look into Max because of how excited you were about him. Mm-hmm. And so, um, he was doing sideline for the Lakers game on Sunday. So he came up to me, uh, on Sunday, he and I are, are friends and he yeah. said, you know, about Max and the weight that he had gained and <clears throat> that what he looked like and all that kind of stuff. And I said, I was standing next to, I was talking to, uh, Ed. and it's practical That's weight, right. by the way, with him, like he is, he's using that weight that he gained. I, yes, I agree with it's you. not, popcorn he looks, muscles. he looks noticeably bigger. Um, yeah. he looks a tick more athletic. Um, and so I said, I, I was, I'm always like, I'm trying to give, I was standing next to Ed Street, who's our head strength coach, shout out Ed, who's, who's uh, a really good friend of mine, who is the dude that got my knee right uh, when I <laughs> ripped my knee up on the way to a Lakers game and still went and dislocated my knee and tore, ruptured my patella tendon. And he was the one that, Oof. he was the one that got me, uh, you know, taken care of at the game and then uh, made sure that, that our Lakers team doctors took care of me and all that. And it's, and it's helping me get right with my, uh, with my rehabilitation. So shout out, uh, shout out him and, and never mind. I was going to say something I shouldn't say. Yeah. Uh, I was going to shout out somebody else that's uh, connected with him that I was going to, never mind. That would be, that would not be good. I'm not going to say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hennessy is delicious. Yeah. Unnamed Coney. Unnamed Coney. So anyway, but I was standing, I happened to be standing right next to Ed when he came up to me and I said, said, this is the dude you should be talking to because I'm trying to get Ed some love on the air. Right. Again, with shout yeah. out on the air. And so um, I introduced Ed and, and George, and I said, this is the dude you talk about. I mean, if you really want to know about Max getting bigger and stronger, this is like, this is the exact person you should be talking to. And so, so Jorge asked Ed about it, and, and Ed will not take credit for anything. He says, 
you know, it's a lot is my assistant, strength coach, and and uh, and Matt. Aaron. No, no, I'm <laughs> I am certainly not that. He's like, how do we how do we make sure Max avoids Aaron's body looking like that? That's like our. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I've had a million surgeries and I'm old. So, yeah. Um, but yes, this is the, I do not I no longer have the uh, the the body of an athlete. Uh, I'm working on it though. I'm getting back. No, um, you look good, so, man. It was my first time seeing you in a minute. You look like you've lost a bunch of weight since. Oh I was no, I had, that is that is me like plus fifteen. How you saw me because I just been it has been a rough couple of weeks, especially since my knee. I haven't been able to do much. But anyway, so we're we're, we're getting back at. Remember, it. last time I saw you was like three years ago. That's also fair. Yeah, no, I've lost weight since then. But yeah, this is a, this is not my this is not my peak fighting weight. Anyway, and so so Ed like kind of deflects a lot of credit, but the one thing he said, I'm like. And I'm like, man, you should take a little credit. You know, I want you to get a shout on the air. It's good. It's good for people to hear your name, right? In in positive things publicly, um, you know, as far as you're standing with the team and you're standing around the league and all that. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to get him, you know, I'm trying to get him a little love on the air. And he says, like, yes, sure, but I hate taking credit for stuff like this. And I say, okay, it's. I mean, I, I understand that. And the one thing he said is like, he was telling George about how like dedicated Max is, and he's always willing to like work and all that. And the one thing he said you know, about it was like, yeah, like I put the plan together and, you know, whatever. And I, I'm helpful and I know what I'm doing, but I've never lifted not one weight for anybody. Yeah. Right? Like you, he can't do it for them. And Max yeah. has busted his ass, like really putting the work in, the actual work in all the stuff that you don't see. And that's that's true of his game also. Yeah. Um, he turned himself into a pretty good shooter last year in the G League. Pretty good. Not great he couldn't shoot at all in college. So yeah, it's more than just his body, his development of his game and working with Phil and all that kind of stuff. So shout out to Max. I do think he's going to have, take a step forward. I'm not sure I'm ready to give him most improved player like you are, but I do think he's <laughs> no. going to be a rotation guy. And I do think he's going to be useful. I'm just kind of on the Pete side of this. Let's temper expectations a little. Um, yeah. Because because then you get to if you set it up this way as you have, then if he doesn't meet those expectations, you get to you get to be very disappointed. No, I mean like I because at the end of the day, he is only twenty, and this team has title aspirations. And like I said earlier, it is it it does make me a little nervous that a team with title aspirations like are potentially looking at somebody like Max Christie and even more no, again like this is this is what it is like. Christian Brown had to play in the finals last year for for the Nuggets. Um, well, and, like, and trust me, and, I have and by the way, who, they're going to be relying on him and Peyton Watson this year, and they have. I know, and that's right, and that's that that's something that like that, like the Warriors, like Jordan Poole played a bunch, you know, and he's he was young. He played a bunch in in the finals. Jonathan Kaminga played here and there. Moses Moody was starting playoff game. Like this is yeah. what it is. Well, sure, but like. All right, in all of those cases, let's go case by case that you mentioned. Christian Brown played an extremely narrow role in the finals and now is going to be stepping into a broader role this year. And it's something that Denver, like people who, friends of mine who cover the Nuggets, um, are nervous about. Are like, is this notion that like... More so, because he didn't really play it. They love him, but he didn't play at all last year. Right, right. They're going to need him this year. Uh, And it's something that like when you swap out Bruce Brown and Jeff Green for... 
Christian Brown and Peyton Watson. That I mean, is something more that Peyton like, Watson and more Christian Brown because Christian Brown was already playing when they had those two guys. Yeah, um, and then you know for for who do you, who else did you mention? Jordan, I mean, Jordan Poole, Poole, right? Played Jordan really Jordan Poole played really well in a for a team that won the championship, got paid, yeah. and then was terrible the following year, and then was. A, a big part of why they didn't win the championship because of how terribly he played. Absolutely. You know? My point um, is like draft picks and rookie contract guys play on finals teams. They yeah. do. They just like teams that win the title. They just, they, they play. They, you have yeah. to. And, and, and I'm saying that like, uh, usually like, all right. Mm. So th- those guys do play, but there are, there are parachutes in place in case those guys aren't ready right the christian brown succeeded in the role that he was in because they had bruce brown to take the the, the more right. important minutes right. you know sure. and sure. and and like you know uh you look at the lakers roster right now austin reeves played really well in last year's playoffs gabe vincent played really well in last year's playoffs d'angelo russell was a disaster the last time we saw him so if like mm-hmm. there are there isn't necessarily like the extra layers here if uh christie isn't really ready for that moment especially given his skill set like there is nobody on the lakers roster defensively with his skill set right now nobody and and that makes me a little nervous you know even even given how excited i am to watch this guy play it makes me nervous that he's like the only six five ish guy who can move his feet a little bit um you know i mean vincent and guard guard point guards yeah yeah, but like um, he also got played off of the court last year, right? In in the playoffs, so so like I you know, and we'll see. And like by the way, like Vando makes me really excited that like every time I see his like highlights of what he's working on in the uh, off season, and every time I talk to people who are you know kind of monitoring these guys' workouts, they're all saying how like this guy is like extremely dedicated to the things that got him off of the court in last year's playoffs was. You know, the fact that he was he he took like a beat too long to make decisions and couldn't finish and stuff like that. Like um, those are things that he's really working on this year. And, and we'll see if that is actually used in practice. So, like, I, look, I, I think unless I, you're the 2017 Warriors, every every roster has like, yeah, slight and, little potholes and deficiencies. There's like, yeah, that's all. That's what it is. And and like there's still time here for the I've Lakers. Turned, look at this. I've turned I've turned you back to the dark side. Yeah, I know. <laughs> now, now you're like I don't know if Max can do it. I don't know. No, no, no. I I I I really honestly think he can. But if he doesn't, it wouldn't exactly shock me either because he's a 20 year old 35th overall pick. You know, and um and we'll see. And and you know the thing that the thing that I I think my least popular take this offseason is that I I would have wanted to keep one of Lonnie or Beasley on the roster, preferably Lonnie because he can play a little bit defensively. Um, I would have preferred to keep Lonnie on at like five-ish million bucks to be that parachute or to allow Christie to come along at the pace that like a 35th overall pick normally comes along at. But he isn't on the roster and now it like, now it kind of forces Christie into having to be ready. And No, you, and but that, I, that, that's not, that's, that's like bordering, not impossible. But that's bordering on. That's problematic. Giving Lonnie five million is problematic. One because he's a, he's a minimum guy clearly again. Um, okay. And giving him and he if he wanted the minimum he could have come back. He chose a different place, um, which he is well within his rights to do. And giving him five million dollars 
gives you hard cap problems. Unless you don't want to use the taxpayer, the non-taxpayer, or use all of it, and you don't use the biannual, keeping him at keeping him at five million is that that's trouble. Because then you it, don't it have you though. don't have much then you don't have much room. Then you're they'd have another the, four. They'd have another four between them and the hard cap if they yeah, would have done. Okay, that. Yes, depending on depending on what they do here. That's not a lot of room to operate during the year, though. Having four million to operate during the year is scary. I mean, the bigger thing is that, like, now you're in the tax. Like, if you do that, you are definitely in the tax. And if you don't do that, the Lakers can avoid the tax. You know, like we can, we can, we can be honest, and we could say like what the what which which numbers come in at different in 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 different importances here. Um, I want to talk. I want to talk about the. Uh, the Dame and Harden situation here, okay. right? And we are currently in yet another stalemate um, with both situations. And uh, you know, it's be, you know, Daryl Morey is is doing whatever he can to leak out there to anybody who will listen. Actually, it's looking like the Sixers might just keep Harden, you know. And and uh, Joe Cronin is going out there giving interviews, saying that if it takes months, it takes months to get the right yep. deal for Dame. Yep. Well, also saying, uh, I, I, I do admit that the I and the organization, it's not really him because he hasn't had much time there, but I and the organization failed him. Like, you know, putting a winner, building a winner around him, which was interesting. Yeah. I mean, again, like you're talking about, like the person who really failed him was O'Shea, right? Correct. And, um, oh, can, and I think that can rip that dude. Oh, I love. And I, I, I actually I think that. the person, the person who has really skated, um, the, the person who was really skated in, in all of these conversations is Jody Allen because she um, she took over ownership of the team after Paul Allen passed away and took over ownership of a team that like everybody's just like waiting for her to sell mm-hmm. and um, her like resistance to sell while uh, Phil Knight has just been like openly saying, yeah, I would love to. The guy who owns Nike and is like a Portland guy uh, would would be yeah. you know invested beyond yeah. dollar for dollar. Yeah, um, yeah. But like I, I like I don't think I don't think all of this would have gotten as ugly as it's gotten had Jody Allen just sold. Like just maybe, there'd be there'd be more direction. She is, here. She's she has like not gotten in the way of stuff and has provided resources. So I do think there's a team building or there has been a team building problem. Um, this is like kind of fascinating. One of the things that you know, obviously, I used to I used to live there and work for the team and such. So, I maybe have a little insight into this. Um, I think one of the one of the reasons she hasn't sold is because basically the guy that runs the team, um, is Bert Cole, I think is his name. Yeah, that's his name. He basically runs the team. Like Jody Allen doesn't do anything. She just writes checks and gets out of the way, which is which is the best thing an owner can do. Basically, is just say. Hey, y'all know y'all y'all got this. Y'all know better than I do what to do. I'm not a basketball person. Y'all got it. Yeah. Um, so she's done a good job of that. The the non-selling stuff is because Bert, um, who was Paul's her brother's uh roommate, college roommate, I believe, who basically like runs the team. Mm-hmm. Um, who was very, very into it. Um if they sell the team or if she sells the team, that would remove him. And she cares about him and kind of like remembering her brother through him. And he would not have anything to do if, if they sold the team. I don't think she's been a bad owner. 
Uh, so I do think that Neil O'Shea is largely to blame for this. But I think Dame has a little bit in this too. I know he well, is like everybody. everybody's favorite. I think he's everybody's favorite son in Portland, or certainly was, and and understandably, he is not the greatest blazer ever. That's silliness. Um, but who is Walton? Mike Drexler. Walton won. Walton won a title, but he was only there a couple of years, and he was yeah. he was the best player in the world for like eighteen months, maybe. When they won a title and he was hurt the rest of the time and wasn't there very long. One of my saddest moments ever was um, we were my, so I'm seven years older than my middle brother. It's like six Mm -hmm. and change or something like that. And um, we were there. So uh, his team was the last year that the big high school tournament in Vegas had high school teams and AAU teams together after his uh, senior year. It became really? just AAU teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when I was in high school, right, we were we were a high school team. We were a good high school team, and we played against AAU teams. And um, that's you when, like, against, the where did, all the best high school players were playing AAU. So how did they like? Didn't the best players play AAU and play? Well, we were like schools? we were one of those like we were one of those weird good high school teams that didn't have any like elite high school talent. You know, so we like we, we were just like not a, you specifically, but like conceptually, who's well, no. So, so what I mean though is that like, um, like we didn't have anybody who was playing for their AAU teams because their AAU team was no no better than like they would have gotten no more eyes on them than playing for their high school team did. Um, I would imagine so, that's the the exception though. We no, I, like I said, we were the rare uh, one. We, yeah, we were yeah, like yeah. a really we were an old high no, school. No, what team. I mean is. About other high schools, like what were other high schools doing that were losing their a uh, losing their best players to AAU, and then like they were losing a lot. Yeah, that doesn't make much sense. What but they okay. were doing? Sure. Uh, so, high school teams playing against AAU teams. Strange to me. Uh, it was, it was, it was, it was weird. It was fun. Like you know, we played. So we, we, I played against players that I would not have been playing against otherwise. So um, it was fun. It was terrifying and all that stuff. Darren Collison giving you the work. Uh, we lost to Darren Collison's at Wanda in the quarterfinals of CIF. And then he went and lost to Taft, which had Jordan Farmar in the, in the semis or either semis and finals or whatever it was. Um, but, uh, yeah, anyway, so talking about my, my little brother and, and his team was out there and after one of his games, um, one of his teammates, dads uh who i eventually worked for when i worked in pr his name was john christensen and he did pr for the clyde drexler blazers Mm -hmm. and he did pr for the dream team and stuff like that and um he comes up and he goes hey kids like who all wants to meet clyde drexler and all the kids were like who and i was just like wait when is this oh my god uh this year is this I think so. I graduated '04. Andrew probably graduated in 2011. So this was either 2010 or 2011. Oh yeah, I mean, by that time he'd been out of the league 15 years or not. Yeah, sure, but it's still like he played for the dream team. Like this is this this drove me nuts about drives me nuts about like current. You have all these kids who were getting drafted who were saying like Paul George is the greatest player of all time. Fuck off. No, that whose world? Brandon Miller did that. The reason why he did that is because like a couple of them. People were comparing his game to to uh, PG, so that's why he was like, "Well, if I'm a him, then he's got to no. be the best." If people... I want I want kids to know their history. All right, so damn it. So the greatest, Wickers, the greatest blazer of all time is Joel Prisbilla. 
Um, <laughs> the, hey, he leads the all-time leader in field goal percentage in in, uh, in team history. Yeah. Um, actually, maybe Hassan Whiteside has passed him. He was like Hassan Whiteside was like ninety-two for one hundred and forty as a Blazer. Um, and field goal percentage against him. <laughs> not Joel. Uh, so uh, so here, okay. So back to Dame. Like I think Dame. I think there's plenty of blame to go around here. Most of it, I would put on the team building aspect of it. I would put it on the front office and management as opposed to ownership. But Dame has to wear a lot of, like, I said this on Twitter, I don't know, maybe a week ago, maybe 10 days ago. Like, I get it, Dame, but, like, is at some point, like, does Dame have to take any responsibility for we couldn't build a winner while I'm here because you've been the worst defensive player or a bottom five defensive player in the league for basically your entire career. Like some of the reason why the Blazers can't build a winner is because they won't guard anybody. Yeah. Well, we saw it some when he was uh, on team USA and they struggled a little bit initially because they keep playing him next to like other offensively talented players, but they were like, Ooh, actually if Dame's out there, we probably need a defender there next to him. And, and yeah, like, um, and this is part of like, I, I was, um, I, again, like I taught, this is my favorite thing to do in, in Vegas. Just like walk around the arena. Like I'll go to the game, I'll, I'll watch the Lakers game and then I'll just walk around that like circle, concourse. At yeah, the, concourse. The, the, the concourse area. So I, I'll just walk around there and you'll never know who you're going to bump into <clears> and stuff. <throat> and, um, who was your, who was your favorite, uh, who was your favorite sighting? favorite person that you hadn't met or like favorite oh wow this is cool this is summer league moment i mean you've done it a bunch but um well i hadn't met yovan in person yeah Um, there you go so like i I, well because we we went to that party sunday night which was a mistake because i flew out early monday morning (laughs) (laughs) no they shut that thing down early yeah i was like my last call was like at 12 15 i'm like in vegas (laughs) What are we doing here? It was for the best. It was for the best. I also no, like, you know. No, it wasn't. I, I got to meet. I got, well, for me personally, it was for the best. I got to meet, like, Josiah is somebody who has, like, been on the show before, and I've always, like, kind of wanted to just, like, you know, talk to in person. Oh, so you not met like, him in person? Oh, that's cool. I hadn't yeah, before. Yeah, cool. Like, yeah, I moved away from L.A., like so. Summer League is cool, yeah. Yeah. But, um, and, like, the weirdest oh, part yeah. was that, like, people were, like, excited oh, to meet yeah. me. Like, that was yeah. the weird, like, that's. Like when I when I go up and I say like, hey man, I'm I'm so and so, and they're like, fuck you, like you don't have to introduce yourself. I'm like I do, I very much do. I feel like I do, but um, but yeah, like I you know you walk around and and um, there was that one bar. It was like the biggest bar in the concourse area, and that I think was where yeah, right the most of, people uh, just kind of like <laughs> just like just, just outside of just outside of 104, yeah, yeah, 104, yeah. Um, um, so that's where, but I think that's where I ran into the most people and spent the most time was just like up there because like there were some extra tables and stuff. And, um, and yeah, I, I we were talking, uh, I, the, the, the subject of Dame and the subject of, of Harden came up, not just like with team personnel who like, you can understand their takes, but actually agents like other agents out there and, and other uh, representatives from agencies were there and they were all like pissed because Dame being this hyper specific with his with his trade requests and James Harden requesting trades three different times in two fucking seasons or whatever it is, um, you have so many people who are just like they 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 swear like they're held up, you know, at like <laughs> like the worst examples of labor 
uh, standings for, for anybody. And it's just like, it's just not the case. You know, it's just, it just is not yeah. the case. And, you know, when, when people are, are, you know, trying to say, you know, well, how can you hold these guys at their, at, you know, against their will and make them play for organizations they don't want to play for? It's like, do you not understand how like 99% of the rest of the world operates? Like no, everybody, well, everybody's allowed, if, like everybody's allowed to go work wherever they want. Yeah. Unless you have a contract. Right. Okay, like Dame Dame gave up his freedom to go play wherever he wants to play. He has the right to play anywhere he wants, to live wherever he wants and play for whoever he wants when he's a free agent. Every every time every time I get somebody saying like gosh, how how could you possibly, you know, force these guys to, you know, be in trade rumors and all the stuff and it's like That's what the money is for. My favorite scene in in Mad Men. Is when you scream, that, yeah. She she you haven't you haven't seen it is it is very white, but uh, it's like the point of it. Um, but but like, they um, I know they like, like I know they I, mean, I know like, they drink a, a lot of timepiece. Like, I know they so. drink a, it's like the fifties, right? I know they drink a lot of scotch and wear suits and and yeah. like, have well, like, weird, possibly misogynistic like <laughs> not possibly not um, possibly yeah. yeah I don't know the um uh so but they um. In that scene, in the scene where we're, where we're, you know, that I just played a clip of there. That's what um, yeah. I think her name is Peggy. Peggy comes up to her and she's just like, I just want some gratitude yes, for some of the ideas that I have. No, she's at that. She starts as a secretary. He actually works her way up to being a writer and stuff. It, the show is very good if you look at it through the perspective of the women as a protagonist and the men as the antagonist. Okay. It's actually really okay. good. Um, but Peggy comes up to her. Peggy Olsen. There it is comes up to uh, Dawn and, and they have like a back and forth and and she's just like, I just want to thank you. I just like, just when I have a good idea and it gets used, I, I, would it kill you to say thank you? And he screams, that's what the money is for, you know? And, 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 but like, it's, it's, it's kind of the situation here with these NBA players. It's like, it's like, man, how can you expect these guys to live like that, this, where like at a drop of a hat, they have to play for a different city, they have to move to a different city. It's like, their right. mate, their, their move is comped. Their life is paid for. They 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 get to retire by the time they're thirty two, you know. And and like, yeah, there's a downside to some of this stuff. And and this notion that like NBA superstars are are like some symbol for labor and management uh, negotiations and stuff. It's like it's not true, man. Like LeBron LeBron had had Lonzo and Ingram and Hart. And Nance and that entire roster wondering if they were going to be Lakers by the end of the season, and certainly beyond that season. Uh, and so, like the, in Indiana, they, LeBron's going to trade you when he was at the free throw line was actually pretty funny. And like, right, right. It was pretty <laughs> it, funny. It was also true. It was pretty funny. <laughs> pretty funny. And and so like like this and and you know right now the notion that like Portland owes it to Dame to send him to Miami no they don't owe him shit man they owe him the sixty million dollars that he is slated yeah. to make for the next four years and that's it like, so I'm, like <laughs> well, I'm mostly there with you I, like I think that and certainly and the only, Dame is the only player who you I you can make a case for and say like that guy is owed something because of everything he's given Portland. No, he's not the but only like, player. He's just the only player that maybe I'm willing to listen to for that is also like requested to leave. Well, but no, cause like, like the, he's not James the only player. You're going to tell me, you're going to tell me Steph couldn't make that argument or well, Clay right. or Draymond well, or Giannis. What I mean, yeah. All right. Fair. What I mean is like in this current crop of players who keep on either get, yeah, well, getting traded or like getting asked out. to trade it. Yeah. Yes. It's like, 
Like, like, like Philly, the city of Philadelphia owns James Harden. Anything? What? Oh, yeah, the city of, that was a little Freudian slip there. The city of Philadelphia owns James Harden. Okay. O's. Um, O's. O's. You said owns, but I, I, I meant O's. But like okay, we do, city... we do call we do call them owners. By the way, the people that run yeah, we do call them owners. I liked how they tried to say like, which no, is, we're governors. And it's like, which is no, fraud. You're not. Um, so <laughs> yeah. I, okay, I think everybody, all three entities here, the Blazers, Dame, and Miami, none of them come across particularly. None of them yeah. have covered themselves in glory through this process. Let's say that. No. Um, I do not think it's fair for Dame to have one team on his list. I do think Portland owes Dame more than just like insert player X. But they also owe it to themselves to get the best deal that they can. Here's so what I was what I was saying. And also, about like this. at what point do we talk about what the fans are owed? Like the if I'm a if I'm a Portland so the Trailblazers fans are, fan, the fans I don't, are owed the Blazers getting the best deal that they can. Right. If I, and I don't care. fans are owed them getting the best deal that they can. Dame, I to me the only responsibility that I think Portland like their moral obligation to Dame is I'm not with the one team shit. Um, I'm just not with it. I think that they owe it, if you want to call it. I think they owe it to Dame to just not send him to basketball Siberia. But Detroit. I do think that now look, I think if I think if like deals are like if it's a coin flip, which one is better, then I think they should send him where he wants to go. Sure. Outside of that, I think that they should get the best deal that they can while not sending him to Charlotte or wherever it doesn't pick a team that just has no chance i think they should i think they owe it to him to send him somewhere where he has a chance i don't think he should get to pick his destination if he had five or seven teams on his list i would say make one of those deals work i would yeah. say find the best deal you can out of those five or seven and make it work one team like and his agent which this is what his agent should do if his client wants to go to miami and only miami he should be calling other teams and scaring them off that's what he should do mm -hmm. dame i don't love it from um because he's trying to take advantage of all that goodwill um yeah i i i d i agree completely that i that's what it is to me if again if deals are like if it's 51 49 which one's better then send him to miami but that clearly isn't the case case yet or he'd already be in miami um portland clearly doesn't want tyler hero I think Miami's deal is getting under like the quality of Miami's deal is getting kind of understated. I mm -hmm. think Miami's deal is fine. I don't love it for Portland, but if Miami is able to change the protections with OKC and get the third first round pick to send them and they have some swaps. How about this? I think Miami's best deal is kind of being undersold at how decent it is. It's not great, but it's yeah. decent. We don't know that they've offered their best deal yet. We don't know that they've offered their best deal. That's part of it. I'm told and they haven't. Portland clearly has no interest in Tyler Hero, nor should they. So it's going to require a third team. If somebody else can get, can will give them a first round pick for Tyler Hero, and that can be included instead of Tyler Hero. You know, then maybe you you do the deal with Lowry as as the salary. The other complicating part of this is Portland clearly wants somebody to take Nurkic's money um, along yeah. with Dame which then, you know, then the like hero salary piece is just not nearly enough. So mm -hmm. I think there's some 
there's a lot of moving parts here, but I agree. I don't, they don't owe, they owe Dame more than the average, just insert player X. But there's also like very interesting leverage here, right? Like 